It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back. Am I on air here? Oh, welcome back. Uh, am I on air here or not? What's happening? Uh, I can just see a text from last night. Do you guys have a side wager on who wins tonight? I've got a five, five match winning spree over the Peacock at the moment, which is like beating Federer five times in a row. Also beat him in the paper toss game. I got 45 out here the other day, Ollie. Just uh, when you're not here, yeah, because you're, you're such a psychological presence. Race four in the card is the final leg of the early quaddy. Now, tomorrow night at Melton Park. And it is a wonderful little pseudo match race here between Bonnie Bell and it's Ebony and Ivory. Now, the barrier draw, Dan, suits Bonnie Bell, at least on paper. I do believe that it's Ebony and Ivory has got the early speed to potentially get across and has a little bit more race fitness on its side. And that's why I've lent with five over four. But... Sometimes these small fields, they can be intriguing races, can't they? Wendy's wish is shorter than I thought at $9. I do think it's pretty much a match race. Um, but which way are you leaning between a four-body bell and five It's Ebony and Ivory in this mayor's affair? I, going with It's Ebony and Ivory, similar to you, I think uh, um, she's she's hard fit, was solid. Comes out of a good race last yeah. start, uh, Jason. And um, you, you, I think she's spot on now. She's at her peak as far as her fitness is concerned. And she's got a bit of class about her. Not that Bonnie Bell hasn't. Um, difficult to to actually uh, make the selection, but I'm, I'm favouring It's Ebony and Ivory. Five from four, three, and six Rosarito Miss for fourth. Five, four, three, six. Five, four, six, and three. So this is quite incredible. Four races so far, very similar tips, all the same on top. This wouldn't have happened, I don't think, in a Friday form panel with uh, Dan and myself. That, that's not to guarantee you can go one out in the early quaddy, but uh, it's a good sign. I, I, I like it both ways, Dan. <laughs> and I, 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 I mean that in terms of uh, what we're doing here, but I like it. Uh, and hello, Jay Bond. Hi. Hello. I don't know who the texture is, but hello. Yeah, yeah, in, in other respects, I just like it one way. But I, I, I like it when we uh, agree and concur because it gives punters confidence, doesn't it? That, okay, both the, uh, both the big boys are on the, um, on the same page. And I also enjoy it. I don't enjoy it when we're slightly deviating. I enjoy it when we're either totally concurring or we've got vastly different ideas about what might happen. And we've seen that. There was one race last week. I think my top four was completely different to your top four. And um, the race, you know, the race to pull the other leg led in. I think we were both right in certain aspects of the way the race was run. But it was such a, a perplexing race to work out. It unfolded, I think, that way. Uh, as it turned out anyway, I think you were closer to the, the winning score than what I was. I probably got the speed map right, but you got the um, uh, the finishing positions much better than I did. And that's good. That's what we want to see. And we get to see a fair bit. Well, we, we've seen a fair bit of that, haven't we, over the course of the last couple of months. I reckon the most open harness races I've seen in a, in a collective period have been in that last couple of yeah. months. Been very challenging. Um my top four and your top four sitting by the fire. Yeah, it's in. It's interesting. I tell you, that's nearly the most frustrating, um, frustrating aspect of harness racing is when you do get, particularly when a map is difficult, and you get it right and and you get the race wrong. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the hardest bit, isn't it? Because you think to yourself, well, 
I did. I did the hard yards. I went through um, Andy Dufresne's tunnel to get out of uh, <laughs> Shawshank, and I uh, never made it to say one to Nao because the, you just think sometimes. Oh, now that's worked out exactly as I've planned, and it will work out at the finish, and then something else pops up. Yep, uh, to- totally true. There are plenty of challenges, as I keep referencing. We're still working for a living. But I think even if we were Maltese, I think we'd still be working for a living. We enjoy it. We enjoy the challenge. Right. I, mean, I still have a work ethic, at least um, when the fields come out, and particularly now that I've got some uh, a radio show that I can uh, showcase my, my selections and I want to put in. But I would do it anyway because I, I need to learn my colours. Uh, when I say my colours, the drivers, yeah. the, the colours that they wear as well as the form that goes with it. And, and I, I still have a, a strong desire to to want to do that, um, that preparation that you put in. It's not as if you just turn up this morning and start second-guessing things and looking at the form guides. I mean, I, I'll very rarely, if ever, make a reference to a horse's placing in a race. I always like to deduce it, see how it went, how it looked physically, whether it was strong, whether it was weak, how fit it was. And, and those little elements are the difference between the confidence that we can get. You you can do your preparation slightly different to the way I do it, but just um, uh, as comprehensive uh, in the way that you need to do it. And we start earlier on in the week and sometimes you can have a different just even in your own head, a different opinion mm. each time you look at a race, depending on how, how easy or, or difficult it might be to work out. But I still love that challenge. I really look forward to it. Um, and some, uh, you look forward to the, seeing how it unfolds on the race night because they are tough. And if, if life was, was easy, it would be <laughs> predictable and not as much fun, would it? No, and, and I'm, you know, I'm the furthest thing from a sycophant. You know that I think you're the, uh, the best caller in the country. You're my favourite. Okay, everyone's got a subjective favourite. You're my favourite. Um, uh, for a variety of reasons, but a lot of it does come down to the form analysis because it means when you're calling a race and you've read it a certain way, it turns out a different way, and I, I, you can I can feel the cogs moving around in your mind where you, you can call a race differently, knowing okay now that this has happened, I'm I can call this race differently, and when a certain horse does something. I'm aware, okay, I didn't tip it in my preview, but now I know sitting there when it peels, I can be confident about where it's going to go and start to uh, shift the play forward from where the actual race is. And that is something people love. And make a commentary as well about how impressive or um, unimpressive a performance is while the race is in real time. And I actually think it helps people do their form. It helps me do my form. I, I, I think more of a horse if you... Um, deify it or you elevate it courtesy of the win. But that all comes back to Tuesday Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. It's happening in real time on a Saturday night, but it actually goes 72, 96 hours back from that, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, look, I put all my hard work in um, uh, earlier in the week because what I like to do, I like to call the race. I know yes. that sounds stupid, but yeah. I like to have my eyes behind the glasses watching the race. I don't want to spend my time looking at the race book and seeing what horse that is and spending half my time with my eyes on the race book instead of 100% behind the glasses and focusing on the race. It's where I feel most comfortable. So therefore, I need to know as much as I possibly can, prepare for it properly, and then also enjoy that aspect yeah. of, of my work and 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 look some scenarios, as, as we said, you know, the horses with the gate speed, you know, the drivers. I think there are certain drivers that I understand best and, and with them in races, I think I can – 
understand the way they're going to do things. Not that they're straightforward and do everything the same way, but I know how well they understand their horses. I spend a lot of time with my eyes behind the binoculars so I can study these drivers and uh, get a really good idea and appreciation of how they go about um, their business. And that, that helps me um, as well. And, um, you know, during the course of a race, in, in a way, I like to eliminate the winning chances as we go. I might still refer to them, but in my own head, I'll either particularly if they're favourites. There's more people backing a favourite, so more eyes or ears uh, around whoever might be the favourite. So if I can identify there's still a winning chance at the, the 600 or conversely, um, I don't like your chances at the 600, you know, I like to put my two bobs worth in. But one thing I'll never, ever do, ever, is guess, never guess, no. uh, particularly in photo finishes. So I like it to be as accurate as possible, maybe a bit quirky and funny at times if the race <laughs> deserves it. Um, but I still like the element of surprise. You know, as much as we put the work in, have an expectation that there could be A, B, C, D, E plans that could unfold. I, you know, a horse breaks up, uh, there's trouble in the field, something happens that you don't expect. I still really like that and enjoy that. Um, that aspect of it. So, um, and some races do provide that when you unex- they're unexpected to get just as much enjoyment out of it. I, I think, uh, yeah, it, nobody's better at recognising the moment. I remember some of the talk about quirky those Saturday morning calls during the pandemic, <laughs> um, because you knew you knew it was um, um, a kitschy, unique situation, and uh, just you, ha- you added a hell of a lot to that. And I, you do like um, your sometimes off Broadway. Um, perspectives and race five I think there is a clear off-Broadway perspective here because we know the top two are 80s White Sox and Supreme Dominator I reference in the form guide and there was a time during the pandemic maybe 12 or 18 months ago 18 months ago I think where Torrid Satan better be the bomb were sharing the spools and these free-for-alls at the moment it's AJ's White Sox and Supreme Dominator but I, I, if I know a little bit about Dan Malicky I could be wrong here but I'm thinking you'd have to entertain the idea that Courageous Satan is going to use its early speed here, cover up Cosimo, and there might be no lead for either of the big guns, and that's going to make a much more intriguing race if it does happen, Dan. Yeah, and that's why it sort of leads me down the path of the horse that I'm going to suggest. Uh, I'm still in my own head because I haven't actually written down the tips here um, in concrete, but there's a horse that I want to suggest to back. The only thing is this horse is it's not so much it's hot and cold, but needs pretty much like uh, Goldilocks just to get things just right, you know, and that is Let's Rock, Let's Roll, yeah. um, which probably doesn't surprise you fully. When you look at its uh, figure form, you think, mm. oh, give it a go um, or miss. But maybe that race shape, the way you, you talked about Courageous Saint, might be used up out of the gate here to lead. Um, I think that's a good possibility because... Yambuckian's probably the threat to challenging him early, and Yambuckian's first up. So it'll depend on that respect that's there for Yambuckian, who can get out pretty good anyway. Um, the others, Supreme Dominator gets out okay, but I'd say he'd more push his way forward. And let's rock, let's roll off the arm. He could fly out, but he's clearly one dimensional. I think he's much better one dimensional, driven cold, one run at them. And if Courageous Saint leads, um, mm. Yambuckian can pull hard sometimes. He is first up. That's the other risk. Uh, but AG's White Sox has to make a move and Supreme Dominator will be right there 
possibility of Supreme Dominator outside the leader. AG's White Sox pouring on the pressure. Supreme Dominator either ends up 1-1 or he pushes on, inject a bit of speed mid-race, works its way across Courageous Saint the lead. AG's White Sox without cover. Now, it's just a scenario or one of a couple. Cosimo's going really well. It's got to be a really good place chance. But I just thought an injection of speed one quarter that was quick enough mid-race might help Let's Rock, Let's Roll's cause. So... I think that Supreme Dominator with a barrier draw might have that slight edge on AG's White Sox, who has been absolutely fantastic uh, lately, hasn't it? Greg Sugar's not driving tomorrow night, by the way. Um, so Josh Dickey will take the drive on AG's White Sox, but he's got a horse that's in terrific form. Let's Rock, Let's Roll is the one at odds. So I'm putting the five on top. Five, Let's Rock, Let's Roll um, from six... Uh, which is Supreme Dominator, nine, uh, AG's White Sox, one, Cosimo, and three, Yambuckian. So five, six, nine, and one of my selections here. Um, I think Let's Rock, Let's Roll. You'll know your fate with him. Like, he could easily run a good seventh again because I don't go fast enough, but I reckon at 20 to one, Mark Pitt's got the drive on Let's Rock, Let's Roll here, and David Aiken's got two runners in the Lenny the Shark free-for-all. Mm. I reckon both are going to be primed, and uh, both have got good chances. The other being Max Delight, who I haven't mentioned. I uh, wonder if you will, after last week, you declared him unbeatable, mm. uh, but of course he didn't lead. No, he didn't. Um... And yeah, I knew my fate pretty quickly as well. So uh, the run was still really good, but you, but you do wonder whether he's lost that uh, winning feeling a little bit. And, and certainly when I declared him, there were a couple of um, judges who texted me and said, oh, I, "I don't think he's, I don't think he's a winner anymore." And maybe he's not. We'll find out. Supreme Dominator is out apparently. I've just, we've just. I think that's my man Yams as. Uh, Certainly it not. is. It's just been scratched. Just that is, he's right on the money. So that changes things. Um, so I'll go uh, AG's White Sox on top. Cosimo uh, now second, third Max Delight, and fourth. I'll throw it in like Captain, who's 71 and 10. 71 and 10. So if it's three poles here, like Captain, I don't understand how at $10 a place you can't run a drum. In fact, you wouldn't totally be. Against just having the field hit nearly because you the case you make for let's rock let's roll. I know Crime Rider was pretty plain last time out, but the race wasn't run to suit. He loves it when they absolutely burn along, and he could win at twenty three dollars. Um, you could make a case for everything in this race. Courageous Saint can improve. Um, AJ's White Sox clearly the one to beat now, um, and Rick Riley is also out. So a couple of scratchings out of the race now, but. Uh, I will settle on AG's White Sox to win, but I'm still not declaring him. The only thing for AG's White Sox, he does follow through behind Courageous Saints, so he might get into a nice position early. Nine, one, ten, and eight. Good on you, Yams. That's incredible stuff. Right yeah, it just ro- happened too. Right on the money, and another horse that's just come out as well Rick is post game race one number eleven. Okay, so that comes out, and that was one that you were giving a bit of a pump up for as well. Mm. So, um, it, very interesting that people wait till eleven eighteen. Uh, on a uh, Friday, well, the Friday form panel's on to do their scratchings. Don't do that to us, please. Time for a break. We'll come back. We've still got four races to go in the Friday form panel. Dan Malagy and Javon.